Amen. All right, look at what it says in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 12. It says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Notice where it mentions there you know, the, uh, the root of bitterness springing up in you, defiling you. What I want to talk about this morning is the foolishness of bitterness. It, there are many bitter people in the world. And that word bitter, that's a word that we use often. Uh, maybe when you're eating a fruit or some kind of food, you'll say that, that has a bitter taste to it. It's like there's something, there's something rotten in there. There's just something nasty in there. And if you ever ate something before, and not only did it taste bad, but it scared you because you're like, you know, am I going to get myself sick from this? It's like a poison, all right? And if you look at the definition of bitterness, you know, one of the things it had in there was like poison. And I've heard people say, too, before I've heard this statement, and I'll repeat it, that, you know, bitterness, you getting bitter at somebody else. It's kind of like you drinking poison and hoping your enemy gets sick as a result of it. It is. It hurts you to get bitter. It's bad for you to get bitter. Yet there are many people today, even Christian people, who they sit around and they're just bitter at other people. That maybe they're bitter at circumstances. Sometimes they're even bitter at God because of the circumstances that have come in their life. And bitterness is a sin that you know we all got to watch out for. It can get all of us in trouble. But bitterness, I I believe, it is a sin that can turn a wise man into a fool. Bitterness often causes us to make some very foolish decisions. And what I want to do, I want to show you all a story of a man in the Bible who was known as a very, very wise man that I personally believe allowed bitterness to turn him into a fool. And this is a man by the name of Ahithophel. All right? We're going to read several verses about Ahithophel. And we're going to look at his story in the Bible. We're going to look at some little details that the Bible tells us about Ahithophel. And I think there's some very good lessons that we can learn from his mistake. Ahithophel, known for being a wise man. Ahithophel was an advisor of David, one who was very trusted, one who had a great reputation. You did not want to be going against the guy who had Ahithophel as a counselor because this guy had that much wisdom. That was the kind of man he was. Yet I believe that bitterness turn Ahithophel into a fool. And if we're not careful, we can let the same thing happen to us. And I believe Ahithophel, I mean, he missed out on some great things because of bitterness. And so let's look at his life. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 12. We're not going to read the entire story, but we're going to look at several verses, though, just kind of showing the story of Ahithophel. Because Hithophel was somebody who clearly was around for quite a while before this story that we read about. In 2 Samuel 15, this is where we're introduced to Ahithophel, but he was somebody who clearly had been around and had worked with David before this story. Alright, but something, somewhere, something before 2 Samuel 15, though, it changed Ahithophel. It's something I believe, and I'm gonna, I think I can prove to you from the scriptures, there was a single event that caused Ahithophel to get bitter. All right? But let's go ahead and let's look at this story where Ahithophel ends up turning and becoming an enemy of David. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 12, it says, And Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, even from Gilo, 
while he offered sacrifices, and the conspiracy was strong, for the people increased continually with Absalom. So let's just kind of look at the history of where we're at here. Remember David, he had committed that great sin with Bathsheba. David had committed adultery with her. David had her husband Uriah killed to try to cover up the sin that he had done. He ends up taking Bathsheba to be his wife. Nathan the prophet, he comes to David. He calls him out for the sin that he had done. And David, he had said, he, um, Nathan told him that parable about the man who was rich and he took the one lamb from a poor man. David got angry. He said, the man's going to pay fourfold. And Nathan said, thou art the man. He said, God, and then David, he confessed. He admitted that he was wrong. And Nathan said, God's not going to kill you, but God is going to take that child that was going to be born unto thee. That child is going to die. And we go on, and when you read about the life of David, he ended up having one battle after another as, I believe, payment for this sin with Bathsheba. And I believe part of this payment, uh, he ended up losing four of his kids. He ended up losing that baby that was going to be born. He ended up losing Amnon, who ended up being killed by Absalom. Absalom later rebels. Absalom ends up dying. And then two, um, you know, I think part of what happened to Tamar, she didn't die, but I think that was a result. But then later he had uh, the one son that uh, I forgot his name escapes me at the moment that tried becoming king instead of Solomon. He ended up dying too. But I believe all this was a result of David's sin that he did against Bathsheba. So here we are. This is after that. And Absalom is leading a rebellion against David. David is losing. Many of his trusted people are following after Absalom, someone who was a wicked man going against God's authority, going against the king. And so Ahithophel is one of the guys. Absalom's like, you know what? I'm fighting with my father. I need help. I'm going to see if I can get Ahithophel to help me out. Jump down to verse 30 of chapter 15. Look what it says. And It says, "...and David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet." and wept as he went up, and had his head covered, and went barefoot, and all the people that was with him covered every man his head, and they went up weeping as they went up. And one told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, I pray thee, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. David's now worried. He's thinking, you know, Absalom, he's not the smartest you know, kid ever. But you know what? If he's got a hit the fell advising him, I'm in trouble. And he prayed that God would turn a hit the fell's counsel into foolishness. And it says, and it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mount where he worshiped God, behold, Hushai the archite came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head, unto whom David said, If thou passest on with me, then thou shalt be a burden unto me. But if thou return to the city and say unto Absalom, I will be thy servant, O king, as I have been thy father's servant hitherto. So will I now also be thy servant. Then mayest thou for me defeat the counsel of Ahithophel. So we got a good story going on here. David, he has this man. He's like, I'm not staying with Absalom. I want to follow you. But David's like, you know what? You know, We can't really have you with me right now. I don't know, maybe this was an older guy and he was like, you're going to be a burden if you're with me, he probably needed guys that could fight with him during this time. And he said, here's where you can help me. You go back and you try to defeat the council of Ahithophel. Whatever Ahithophel says to do, you advise Absalom to do something different. And Absalom's so full of himself. Absalom is so self-obsessed. 
so many people are turning and following Absalom, he'll believe you when you tell him this. So you go back, you tell him you're on his side. And I just need you there to defeat the council of Ahithophel because we can't go... Ahithophel's too smart. He's got too much wisdom. If Absalom's listening to him, Absalom's going to end up defeating me. So David kind of sends back a spy is pretty much what goes on. And so he says in verse 35, he says, And hast thou not there with thee Zadak on Abiathar the priest? Therefore it shall be that what things soever thou shalt hear out of the king's house, thou shalt tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priest. Behold, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimeaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them ye shall send unto me everything that ye can hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, and Absalom came to Jerusalem. So he's like, I've got guys that I can trust there. If you just relay the message to this guy, they'll relay the message to that guy. They'll come relay the message to me, and then I can be spared. And so look at verse uh, chapter 16 in verse 15. It says, And Absalom and all the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And it came to pass when Hushai the archite, David's friend, was come unto Absalom, that Hushai said unto Absalom, God save the king, God save the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this thy kindness to thy friend? Why winnest thou not with thy friend? He knew that this was one of David's close friends. He's wondering why he's following him. And Hushai said unto Absalom, Nay, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him will I abide. And again, whom should I serve? Should not I serve in the presence of his son? And as I have served in thy father's presence, so will I be in thy presence. Then said Absalom to Ahithophel, Give counsel among you, what shall we do? And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel, and the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if a man had inquired at the oracle of God so was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom. So notice what the Bible says about his counsel. I mean, it was like inquiring at the oracles of God. When you counseled, got counsel from Ahithophel, you were probably going to succeed. But notice how Ahithophel's counsel that he gives Absalom here is a very wicked counsel. He tells him to do a very wicked and vile thing. He said, you go... And you basically be with your father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. If they do this, they're going to see just how ugly things are between you two. And you know what? They're going to end up picking a side. They're going to end up picking your side. And what's interesting about this counsel that he gave him here while it was wicked is if you go back, and we're not going to take time right now to read it, if you go back and look when Nathan called out David... David said, because of this thing that you did in secret, he said, you know, these things are going to be done to you openly. People are going to lay with your wives openly. And it happened with his son. So really what was going on here was punishment from God as a result of what David did. But notice how that was wicked, what was going on. And it was Ahithophel that counseled Absalom to do that. And I think that's interesting. I'll say more about that uh, a little bit later. 
But let's keep reading in chapter 17. Alright? So, Absalom's doing what Ahithophel wants him to do. Ahithophel, a man who was David's trusted advisor, is now working against David and counseling Absalom to do wickedness. So, verse 1, it says, Moreover, Absalom said, uh, or Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he was weary and weak-handed and will make him afraid and all the people that are with him shall flee and I will smite the king only and I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all returned so all the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom well and all the elders of Israel. So Ahithophel gives this counsel. You know what? Kick him while he's down. Go at him while he's weak. He said you go out there you kill only David, you bring back all the other men, and then the country can see that, hey, you know what? Nobody had to die here except for David. David's a bad guy. You all are fine. Just follow after Absalom. And I believe that if Absalom would have followed Ahithophel's counsel, it would have worked. I think he would have killed David, and I think the people would have followed after Absalom if he would have followed Ahithophel's counsel. But it's interesting. God didn't turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Because okay? this counsel, it would have worked had it been done. But notice how David, he, remember, he sent back that spy. He sent back Hushai, the archite. And it says, so Absalom liked this, but then in verse 5, then said Absalom, call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he said. Let's get another opinion. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel hath given is not good at this time. For said Hushai, Thou knowest thy father and his men that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field, and thy father is a man of war and will not lodge with the people. Behold, he is hid now in some pit or in some other place, and it will come to pass when some of them be overthrown at the first, that whosoever heareth it will say, There is slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. Therefore I counsel that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee from Dan even to Beersheba as the sand that is by the sea for multitude and thou shalt go to battle in thine own person. So shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found and we will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground and of him and of all men that are with him there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city... Then shall all Israel bring ropes to that city, and we will draw it into the river until there be not one small stone found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel, for the Lord hath appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. So notice it says the counsel of Ahithophel was good. He had a better plan. But the Lord... God, he put it in the hearts of everyone else to follow this other guy who is actually a trusted advisor of David. He came up with a plan that actually sounded better to them, but you know what? It wasn't better. Why? Because Ahithophel was a very wise man. His counsel was good. But then verse 15, Then said Hushai 
unto Zadok, Devithar the priest. Thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel. And thus and thus have I counseled. So he goes and he does what David says. He tells these guys, alright, you go back now and you tell David this is what they're going to do. So David can protect himself and end up being spared. Okay. Now listen, this shows how... I believe right here what we're about to see shows just how much wisdom Ahithophel had because Ahithophel, what we're going to see here, he gets so bent out of shape that they didn't follow his counsel, he goes and he kills himself. And you say, why would he kill himself just because they didn't follow his counsel? Did he throw that big of a fit? Well, I'll tell you why in a little bit. Let's look what it says. In, in, so look, jump down to verse 21. It says, And it came to pass after they were departed that they came out of the well and went and told King David and said unto David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath the Hithophel counseled against you. Then David arose and all the people that were with him, and they passed over Jordan by the morning light. There lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and gat him home to his house, to his city, to put his household in order, and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. They say, why would he go and he kill himself just because they didn't follow his counsel? Did his feelings get hurt that bad? No, I'm going to tell you why Ahithophel went and he hanged himself. Because Ahithophel had so much wisdom, he knew that, you know what? David's going to end up winning this thing. Because they didn't follow my advice, Absalom is going to get defeated. David is going to win. And what do you think David was going to do to Ahithophel after he turned on him? He was going to end up being executed. He was going to end up being shamed. So Ahithophel, what did he do? He just went... He got, he went and got his affairs in order, and then he went and he hung himself. He ends up dying, and all, I believe Ahithophel, this wise man who was a trusted advisor of David, I believe Ahithophel made a foolish decision in following Absalom, and I believe he did it out of bitterness towards David. Ahithophel, he got bent out of shape about something bad that had happened. Something very bad that had happened. Something that really, in many ways, David did to him. And it got him so bitter that he ended up doing wrong when he knew it was wrong. And often people do things, they make bad decisions because they're bitter. They're angry because somebody did them wrong. Somebody... Uh, you know, did some sin or something bad happen to them, they get bent out of shape, they get mad at people, they get mad at God, and they let that root of bitterness spring up in them and trouble them and cause them to make bad decisions and ultimately end up destroying their life. So what was it that made Ahithophel bitter? You know, because we don't see Ahithophel mentioned before this story here in Second Samuel chapter 15. But I think when we look at a couple other things in the Bible, I think we can find out what got Ahithophel bent out of shape. Alright, so look at 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 34, because outside of this story in the Bible, we know very little about Ahithophel. So he doesn't surface until this story, but let's look at a couple things and some genealogies, and I think we can figure out what got him bent out of shape. So 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 34 says, it's, this is a passage where it's naming off the mighty men of David. And it says, Elephaleth, the son of Ahashbei, the son of Meachathite, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilonite. Okay? One of David's mighty men 
was the son of Ahithophel. And you know who else is named in the mighty men? Is Uriah the Hittite. He's the last one that's mentioned of David's 37 mighty men. There was Uriah the Hittite. And there was another man, Eliam the son of Ahithophel. Okay? Now we know that Uriah the Hittite, one of David's mighty men, was the husband of Bathsheba. Okay? We all know that story. But who is this Eliam guy that's the son of Ahithophel? What do we know about him? Well, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 3, when David is trying to find out about Bathsheba after he sees her, it says in 2 Samuel 11, 3, it says, And David sent and inquired after the woman and said, Is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Alright, so what would this make Bathsheba if she's the daughter of Eliam? This is the Hithophel's granddaughter. This is the Hithophel's granddaughter that David committed adultery with. So think about that. Here you have, and you see all these people that turned on David. Have you ever wondered why so many people probably turned on David during that time? This sin that David did, it was a wicked sin, but it was also sins against some of his most loyal people. Here he's got Eliam, one of his mighty men. He's got Uriah, one of his mighty men. He sins against both of them. He sins against Eliam's daughter. He sins against the granddaughter of Ahithophel, the wife of Uriah. Has Uriah killed Eliam's son-in-law, Ahithophel's grandson-in-law? Can you now see why there was probably some conflict between these guys? Listen, folks, when you sin, you know, when you sin like that, it affects a lot of people. All right, you sin against my daughter. You sin against me. Okay? And I don't have any grandkids yet, but you know what? I mean, I think like I think most grandparents would agree. You sin against their grandparent your grandkids, they sin against grandma and grandpa too, don't they? Would we not all agree with that? And David did a very wicked sin, so think about this. Nathan the prophet comes along, he tells David, because of the sin, this child is going to die. Well, that's Ahithophel's great grandchild died. Ahithophel's great grandson died as a result of David's sin. So can we not see why Ahithophel was probably a little bit upset? He had good reason to be upset. And often the things that make people bitter, we could all understand why that would make them mad. But folks, does bitterness ever help us? Once again, bitterness is a poison that we put in ourselves that doesn't hurt our enemies. It doesn't hurt those who wronged us. It only hurts us. And it hit the fell for no doubt, probably for all these months, maybe years, had been stewing about this, is upset about this. He realizes all this stuff that's going on as a result of David's sin that he had done against with his granddaughter. And so when Ahithophel sees the tables turn, you know what he does? He says, you know what? David's getting what he deserves and I'm going to help it. Not only am I going to help it, but I'm going to advise the guy to do these things. Nathan prophesied that you know they were going to lie with his wives in the sight of the sun. You know what? I'll be the one to advise Absalom to do that. But here's the thing. While David was wrong and while David did Ahithophel wrong, was it right for Ahithophel to commit treason? Was it right for him to go against God's anointed? That Remember how David, he wouldn't lift up his hand against God's anointed. He's like, you know what? It's God's job to get rid of this king. I'm not going to do it. And you know what? Dave, while David had sinned, it was God's job to deal with David. Ahithophel should have stayed out of it. Ahithophel should have just done the right thing himself even though... There was some, even though he had been done wrong. So some things that we did real quickly, I just want to cover this morning. You know, 
What are some things that we can learn from this? What foolish mistakes did the wise Ahithophel make as a result of his bitterness? And the first thing he did is he failed to give vengeance to God. Now this was a command that Ahithophel knew about. Deuteronomy 32 verse 35 says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Listen, God was actually doing at this time a really good job of punishing David, was He not? I mean, you look, look at all that was going on. Turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 6. This is when Nathan the prophet is talking to him. And he tells him, you know, David said he's going to pay fourfold because he didn't have pity. David tells him in verse 7, Thou art the man. Verse 8, he says, I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives in thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if thou had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore, hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son." So folks, when we see what was going on in David's life from chapter 12 till we get to chapter 15, folks, God was dealing with David, wasn't He? I mean, God was giving it to David good. You know what Ahithophel should have just done? He should have just left it to the Lord. But you know what Ahithophel did? He said, you know what? I want a piece of the action. I want to help. He's... Nathan the prophet said, thus saith the Lord. Alright? When they start saying, thus saith the Lord, I mean, it's going to happen. Okay, and this thing with you know people lying with David's wives in the sight of that son, that was going to happen. But you know what? Ahithophel didn't need to be the one to make it happen. Well, there's people out there in this world. They're wicked. They deserve to die. And you know what? They're going to die one of these days. They're going to pay. They're going to end up spending eternity in hell. But you know what? I don't need to make them. I don't need to help that. There's people out there who deserve to be put to death. But you know what? It's not my job to put them to death, and I'm not going to. I shouldn't do that. I don't need to go taking vengeance into my hands. It's not my job. And unfortunately, while God was in the process of dealing with David severely, it just wasn't enough for Ahithophel because he was just so bitter. And you know, there's people today that are so bitter at other people, those people can be dead and they're still bitter at them. Those people are dead and gone, maybe even in hell, and yet there's people out there that still can't get over it. They still just let that eat them up. It makes them a mean, nasty person because they can't just get past what has been done to them. And what do they do? Well, they're dead. I can hate his family. I'll hate everyone that looks like them. I mean, there's many people that are like that, and God was actually doing a great job. He didn't need to hit the fell's help. So we need, you know, once again, we need to understand one of the punishments of David was the loss of that child, which was a hit the fell's great grandchild. So I can see why a hit the fell was mad. He had every right to be mad, but he didn't have the right to take vengeance in his hand. 
And there's many things maybe been done to you. You have the right to be mad, but you don't have you don't have the right to take vengeance in your hands. And you know what? It's pointless for you to get bitter about it. It's not going to help. It's not going to hurt them. It's only you're only going to allow those people and whatever they did to you to continue hurting you. When you remain bitter, you've got to stay away from that. So this, uh, you know. God didn't need Ahithophel's help. So the second thing we see Ahithophel did, he failed to remember his position. Ahithophel was David's counselor. David was the king. David was the Lord's anointed. David was God's man that God was dealing with. Ahithophel should have remained loyal to the position God had put him in. He should have remained faithful to David. In spite of all that David had done, he should have remained faithful. He should have remembered... His position. You know how many marriages break up because sometimes one spouse gets out of line. But you know what? It's not going to help for the other spouse to get bitter and to take the law into their own hands and to do everything they can to try to punish. You know what you need to do in that situation? You at least need to do the right thing. Let God deal with the one who is in the wrong. You do the right thing. You don't get bitter. You do what you're supposed to do. And David was still the king, and Absalom was still committing treason. And Ahithophel committed treason with Absalom. But you know what? He probably justified it in his mind because he was bitter. And you know how many people today, they justify sin because they're bitter. They're angry. Well, I know you're not supposed to do this, but they deserve it. I know you're not supposed to slash people's tires, but they deserve it. You know, or egg people. I've always wanted to egg somebody's house that I didn't like. I've never done it. I've never done it, but I, I talk about egging places all the time, and I, I've never egged anybody. But one of these days, if I lose my religion, you know, I'm, I, I just, I just, that, that would be my, that would be my choice. Uh, I shouldn't have confessed that. Now, there's like an egging epidemic that happens around here. I'm, my, that ha- is all happening to my enemies. I'm going to end up getting blamed. But, um, but you, you can't do that. All right, there's people who deserve to get their houses egged. But I shouldn't do it. All right? As much fun as it would be, I should not do that. And so, also we see a hit that fell. He just failed to forgive. Folks, there's no excuse for us to not be forgiving considering our sin debt has been forgiven. God expects us to forgive like He forgave us. We will never forgive others any more than we have been forgiven by Jesus Christ. You never will. Therefore, you know... Jesus has every right to ask us to forgive others considering all He has forgiven us. Okay, Now, I understand some things are terrible. Some things are horrible. There may be some of you... you, There's things that you need to forgive people more that's beyond anything I've ever had to forgive. But you've never had to forgive more than Jesus Christ has had to forgive. And turn over to Genesis chapter 50. We see it. I think a great example of a Christ-like forgiveness is with Joseph. And you all know the story of Joseph. We all know how his brothers sold him. Joseph didn't do anything wrong. Yet Joseph was treated horrible. And after Jacob dies, Joseph's brethren's thinking, you know what, now that our father's dead, Joseph's going to get revenge. Joseph is going to pay us back for what we did to him because they knew they had done wrong. And it says in verse 16, they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. 
And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as is this day to save much people alive. And you all know that you all know what happened. As a result of him getting sold into slavery, he ends up interpreting Pharaoh's dream. And that interpreting of Pharaoh's dream got him to be put in charge of the entire country of Egypt. They were able to save up and store for this famine that was going to come that would have killed his family. And that would have killed him had he not been there and had he not, you know, pro, you know, uh, had he not interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And Joseph, thank God, Joseph, even though we never received him having bitterness all those years before this happened, we see that Joseph at the end, he's like, you know, he looked at the situation and said, yep, you did evil, but you know what? God meant it for good. What a, an amazing testimony that was. Joseph, he understood Romans 8.28 before it had ever been written. Joseph understood, and we know that all things work together for good to them who are the called of God, to them, or to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Joseph understood that before that was even written. What an amazing testimony that is for Joseph. And you know what? Ahithophel, while this is easy to say for us, you know, because we're not the ones this happened to, but you know what? It's just the truth. It's just what it is. Ahithophel should have forgiven David. Ahithophel should have just said, you know what? I forgive you. And he should have kept doing the right thing. And he didn't do it. He was, And so, one of the things we see, he didn't give God time to see what God could do with this horrible situation. Because I, I don't know how much time it was exactly that passed here. It probably wasn't a ton. But you know what we see here is that during this time, all right, at this point we're at now, God was in the process of dealing with David. Ahithophel didn't let God finish. He was in the process of dealing with David. And so, he allowed this bitterness to ultimately completely consume him. It got him to do the wrong thing. We see Ahithophel, once he is, you know, realized his counsel has been defeated, he knows David's going to end up, you know, coming back, being king, and he just kills himself. You know, and I don't know, knowing the kind of man David was, as much like Christ as David was, had Ahithophel gone to David and apologized, David may have forgiven him. I don't know. It's very possible David would have forgiven him. Because think about this. David knew what he had done to Ahithophel. You know, David might have understood why he turned on him. And had he sincerely confessed his sin, David probably would have forgiven him. But you know what? It hit the fell. I believe he was so bitter. He's like, I'm not. He should be apologizing to me. Last thing I'm going to do is go apologize to the man who did what he did to my granddaughter. I'm not going to do that. And you know what? It hit the fell did. It hit the fell. He'd rather go hang himself than humble himself and just apologize. Why he let that bitterness do that to him? That bit. Who did the bitterness ultimately destroy? It wasn't David. David ended up being restored to his throne. Uh, Absalom ended up being defeated. Ahithophel is hanging from the neck, dead. 
And you know what? We see David did just fine where Ahithophel allowed the bitterness to destroy him. And bitterness always destroys the one who is bitter. You do not destroy other people with it. You might have a lot of fun laying awake at night thinking about all the terrible things you can do to them. You know, you might have fun sitting there thinking about egging their house or whatever. But you know what? You're not doing anything to them. You're not hurting them one bit with those thoughts. But you know what you are doing? You're destroying yourself. And we see that Ahithophel, he allowed it to consume him. And so Ahithophel, had he forgiven David, had he done the right thing, had he given God a chance, here's what, here's what Ahithophel could have seen. Ahithophel could have watched David for the rest of his life suffer as a result of the sin that he committed. He could have seen that. David had one problem after another. Nathan said, the sword will never depart from your house. So well, that's a bad attitude, you know, being happy that David's being punished. Well, it's better than what he did in participating in it, and ultimately just to make him go kill himself. But David, and had he seen that, had he maybe at some point he'd have started feeling sorry for David. You know, maybe at some point he would have seen that you know what God is just. God does deal with sin. Yes, David did wrong to my family, but you know what God took care of him. I don't know. Ahithophel didn't give God a chance. Most people never give God a chance to do anything. The Bible said their foot shall slide in due time. We just want it to happen yesterday is the problem. Because we're bitter. We want to see it so bad. We just need to forget about it and just let, just understand God is going to deal with it. When people do wrong, God will deal with them. We've got to let it go. You know what else Ahithophel could have seen had he just given God a chance? I don't know if he'd live long enough. I don't know how old he was, but you know what? Ahithophel's grandson became king, didn't he? Because guess whose mom Solomon was? Solomon became the next king. His mom was Bathsheba. So Ahithophel, had he hung around, you know, and he lived long enough, he could have seen a grandson of his become king. He didn't have any hope of that before. He wasn't in the line of David. He wasn't in the family of David. But yet, one of his grandchildren became king. But you know what? He, he never saw it because he was too busy being dead because he went and hung himself. So, you know, think about that. Now, and here's another thing too. Because remember, we know that all things work together for good to them who love God. To them who are called according to His purpose. We all understand how God can take a bad situation and He can make good come as a result of it. Okay? We all understand that. But you know what? And a hit that fell never would have seen this. But think about this, alright? This man who killed himself because he didn't like the way things turned out, you know, do you know what he did end up turning out to be? The great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus Christ. Because, listen, it was clearly God's will for David and Bathsheba to eventually end up together. You know, it was wrong what David did. But you know, with all the battles that were fought, you know, it's very likely Uriah would have died of natural, you know, in a fight somewhere else. You know, he would have, he would have died some other way because Bathsheba is the woman that David had Solomon with. And if you follow the genealogies in Matthew, the line goes from David to Solomon and it goes all the way to Joseph. If you look in the genealogy of Luke, it gives the biological line. And we see that it goes from David not to Solomon, but to Nathan. 
And it goes from Nathan all the way to Joseph and Mary, which I believe is Mary's line that we're looking at, the biological line. You know whose mom Nathan was? Bathsheba. So it was clearly, I believe God's will for David and Bathsheba to eventually end up together. I think God had a plan for getting them together. David got out of line. David did it wrong. David rushed it. David suffered as a result. But you know what? God's will still eventually ended up being done. And Ahithophel, he was so busy being bitter, he just ended up killing himself, not even knowing that God had a plan for David and Bathsheba to get together because it was through them that God was going to bring the Messiah. Now, what grandpa, what man of any kind wouldn't like to think that, you know what, one of my descendants is going to be the Messiah? I don't know about you, that would be pretty cool. But you know what? Ahithophel, he didn't trust God. Ahithophel was too busy being mad, too busy being bitter, and so, you know, the real message here is that God knows what He's doing. God knows what He's doing. God can take a horrible situation, whatever horrible situation you faced in your life, God can take that and make something great come as a result of it. You know, there's some of you in here, had it not been for a horrible situation, you wouldn't have ended up where you ended, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today, and you know, that horrible situation ultimately may have led you down the path that got you saved. I mean, when I think about you know, there's some things, you know, we all have regrets. But you know, I just sometimes when you think, if I could go back in a time machine, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to change anything in my life because I'm afraid it might mess up where I'm at today. And you might be in a position right now that you don't really like, but you don't know what's down the road. And whatever down, and if, you know, you should be striving for God's will that's coming down the road. And this terrible situation might be part of what you needed to get you to that point. We don't know. Here's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to start trusting God and keeping bitterness out of our lives. Don't let that root of bitterness to spring up. You are the one that it will destroy. And so let's learn from the Ahithophel, a wise man who let bitterness make him a fool. The foolishness of bitterness. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. I pray You'll help everyone in here. Lord, there's no doubt in a crowd this size, there's probably many people in here, Lord, that have faced some horrible things uh, that would make any of, any of us angry. But Lord, I pray you won't, allow, you won't allow bitterness to be in their life. Lord, if they have some, I pray You'll help them to get rid of it. I pray You'll help them to just trust You and uh, just understand that You know what's best, that You'll deal with things in Your time. And I pray You'll just help us to be thankful and concentrate on doing the right thing ourselves and let You sort everything else out. In Your name we pray. Amen.